I watched a message last week right after Easter, um, and they were talking about the things that Jesus said on the cross um, right, be- right before he breathed his last. Um, and it just kind of it, it kind of shook me as I went through and read it. I, I, I talked to I was talking to Nick in the office, and Nick Nick brought it to my attention first. But I realized that in several of the accounts, right after Jesus breathes his last breath, it says he released his spirit. Um, I think about like you know all last all last week we're thinking about like you know going up to the cross and 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 Jesus taking on sin on himself and everything and making a way for us. And, and we celebrated that all last week, that God didn't stay in the, in the grave, but that he rose again. Um, and I think it's important that we don't miss what all that's about. Like, it, it's, easy to, it's easy to say, yes, I, I believe that, you know, Jesus came down as a man and, and he lived this perfect life and he... he he had this amazing testimony. He went out and he preached about the kingdom and he preached about repentance. And then, and then he went to the cross with our sin and then he rose again and conquered sin and death. It's really easy to forget that simple little line of he released his spirit, right? Like it's, it's so small in the scriptures. It's, 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 it's so easy to just read right over the top of it. But that's what all of that was about, that's what all of our celebration last week talking about the resurrection was about. That's the why behind what Jesus did was that simple little line. He released his spirit. I started, as I was thinking about that, I was kind of going through and um, I, was, I was just kind of recapping Easter and recapping the gospel. Um, and I went to John 16, verse 7. I'm going to pull that up real quick if I don't lose my notes. It's cat-like reflexes, right? All right. So in John 16, um, starting in verse 7, um, I think about what Jesus said before he went to the cross, right? Like, so he, he went, he spent all this time with his disciples there, you know, he's going, he's teaching them about the kingdom. He's preaching on repentance. He's telling them, man, you're going to go do greater things than I did. Like, this is going to be amazing, um, you know, but I got to go to the cross, right? So all of his disciples are like, what? <laughs> like, 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 you're our dude. Like, you're, you're the one. You're the one that's been teaching us. You're, you're our rabbi. You're the one that's been walking us through this life and showing us what all we grew up in in Jewish culture is supposed to be about and making sense of all of it. And now you're telling us you're leaving us? Like, well, no, you can't do that. You're, you're our rabbi. You're, without you here, what are we? And, and Jesus re, rebuked them in that. But, but in, in verse, uh, where was that? Verse seven. In verse seven, chapter 16 of John, he says, um, Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It's for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, then the counselor will not come. If I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment, about sin because they don't believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you'll no longer see me. 
and about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Man, that's, that is powerful. You think about, you think about Jesus, God saw it fit, God saw it fit to send his son to come and die that horrible death on the cross so that he could release his spirit to us. It was that important to him. I was, I was going through the diving deeper thing. Uh, you know, Bobby does the diving deeper video for the upcoming or for the, you know, going off of the last Sunday's message this past Wednesday. And I was editing all that stuff on, on Tuesday, trying to get all that stuff ready for Wednesday. And I was, he used a, he used a scripture in there that, uh, that I'm going to go to a little bit later, but it says Christ in you, the hope of glory. Like if we miss that, if we, if we miss the purpose of Jesus going to the cross and releasing his spirit to us, because we're so focused on all the other things that we don't recognize the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we miss the whole thing. So I was thinking about what did Jesus say before the resurrection or before the cross? He said, uh, he said, I'm going because if I don't go, then you don't get the Holy Spirit, right? And then, and then on the cross, he releases his spirit and then he raises from the dead and he goes and he meets with all the disciples. And what does he say to him then? So I go to Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. I'll read it off my thing because I have it right here. Um, starting in verse 18, he says, then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. When we, when we think about why God saw it fit to go to the cross and release his spirit to us, that's where our minds should go. What did Jesus, Jesus commissioned the disciples there to go and make disciples. He had just demonstrated to them what that looked like. The, the, he spent all of that time walking with the disciples, teaching them about the, the, what the kingdom come would be and, and how we were meant to operate in this life, taking the scriptures and making sense of them, bringing out truth and going, hey, you know, the kingdom's like this. And then he would give them an example. And then he'd go, you know, the kingdom's like this. And he'd give them another example that was, that was pertinent to what they saw around them because they were looking at the physical, not the spiritual. They were looking at what's sitting right in front of them rather than what's sitting right in front of them in the spirit. Uh, because without the Spirit in us, what do we have to rely on? Our body and our soul, right? Like our, the physical, what our physical body's telling us and our mind, will, and emotions dictating everything that we do in our life. Without the Spirit, that's all we are. When, when you look at the garden story, you look, you look at, you know, God puts Adam and Eve in this garden and he gives them this, the, you know, the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil and the, the tree of life in the garden. And then they, they choose, the, you know, they, they grab the fruit from the tree of knowledge. The curse from that was that he told them, you will surely die, right? They didn't die a physical death right there in front of you, it, like, like in the moment of taking that. But, but they did die spiritually, and without Jesus going to the cross and releasing his spirit to us, we would still be dead in the spirit. So we've got to, we've, we have to, as believers, 
when we're celebrating the resurrection and we're celebrating God coming into this world and releasing his spirit to us, we, we have to really believe in a way that changes our actions that the Holy Spirit lives in us now. That's more difficult to do than it is to say, right? It's a whole lot it's a whole lot easier for us to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe Jesus went and he gave us his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives in me. And, and then your life, the way that you live your life shows that you don't, right? It's really easy for us to do that. It's really for easy for us to go, I believe all these things. And then when you look at the evidence, which is your life and the fruit that comes from it, you don't see that. You don't see the power of the Holy Spirit coming in and through you to the world around you. So that's kind of what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on the, uh, the after, right? So Jesus went to the cross, what for? So that we could have the Holy Spirit living in and through us, so that we could die to ourselves, take up a cross and follow him, so that the world around us, when they see us, won't see us, the body, soul aspect of us, but see his spirit powerful through us. So um, the, the verse that kind of struck me from Bobby's thing on Wednesday night was Colossians 1.24. Actually, I'm going to read it off here because I got the same translation. Um, so Colossians 1.24, um, actually it's 124 through 27. He used 27 in the, in the video, but I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, because the way I looked at this is I, I said, you know, what did Jesus say before the cross? What did Jesus say after, after he rose from the dead? And then what was the believer's response? And this, to me, is the believer's response, right? So Colossians, starting in 124, says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you. I'll just stop right there. So he's, he's rejoicing. But, yeah, this is Paul, who was, was basically stoned to death and left on the outside of a city for dead right? Like he, he's beaten on numerous occasions for, for speaking truth and for, for carrying the gospel out to the world around him. That same guy is saying, now I rejoice in my sufferings for you. That's, that's pretty powerful. Um, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body. That is the church. When I first read across that, I was like, man, that's pretty arrogant. <laughs> like, uh, but that's not what Paul's saying. Paul, Paul's not saying Jesus wasn't enough. He's just saying, this is what it was for. <laughs> you know, like Jesus put his Holy Spirit in me so that I could go out and do these things. If I don't go out and do these things, then what Jesus did on the cross and releasing his spirit is meaningless, Right? Because, because we are his body here on, the, on this earth. We are the, the view that the whole world gets of what Jesus is since Jesus isn't on the earth with us now. So, so Paul's saying, I'm completing in my flesh what's, lack, what's lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is the church. He, he's, bringing, he's bringing kingdom into the world in, in, in equipping the body here on, in, on the earth. So, so that's where he's going there. And then he says, I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the, world, the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. 
God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When I read across that, man, like just the, you you think about God's power in us, what that looks like. I I try to put myself in Paul's shoes, right? Like Paul, Paul was you know, he, he said Pharisee of Pharisees, right? Like he, he, he grew up, he was a Jew and a Roman. So like he, he knew the Torah, he knew, he knew the scriptures super well and he persecuted the church. Like he, he had all the head knowledge you could ever want of the scriptures and of what they knew up to Jesus. He had all of that, like, he was the Pharisees of, Pharisee of Pharisees. Like, he understood all of the law and, and how all the law and the prophets, like, he, he got all of that and taught it to other people, right? When Jesus came and, and they started persecuting the followers of Jesus, he was right alongside them. Um, you can have all the head knowledge that you want, you can read this book cover to cover over and over and over and over and over and over and over until it falls apart. And if, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you, won't, you will not understand what this is. You can, you can go out and do bold things. You can go out and, and put yourself in, in rough environments and you can go out and, and preach to crowds of people who don't want to hear what you have to say about this, and if the Holy Spirit's not behind it, it's meaningless. We have to walk out what we believe. Our response to Him, to Him going to the cross and to Him releasing His Spirit in us is to die to self, take up our cross, and follow Him. To, to not live by the flesh, but to live by the spirit. But I, I, look, at, I look at my life a lot, of, a lot of times, and I look at the way that I order my days. Um, I look at the people around me and the way that they order their days, and I go, man, am I, living, am I living like I believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me? Am I living that? Am I living that in my marriage with, with my wife? Am I, am I living that in my relationship with her as I'm, as I'm leading her and, and trying to be a spiritual leader there? Am I living that out? Bobby spoke about love in, in his, his messages all morning long this morning. Um, and I wanted to just jank your, your scriptures and <laughs> interject them in the middle of this. Uh, but he's speaking from Romans, and he was, he was talking about how, how we've, got, we've got to love one another. Like, we love God, and we love the people around us the way that God loves us, right? That's, that's what we're supposed to do as believers. Our, it's, it's in our, our thing with the gathering. Love God. Live Jesus. Walk together, right? Like, that, that's our purpose here. We're supposed to love him first, and then we're supposed to love the people around us. Our love for the people around us is, is part of how we love God, right? That, that is an expression of our love to him. When we go, God, you loved me so sacrificially when I, when I didn't deserve it, when, when I deserved the complete opposite of that, 
you came and you loved me in a way that, that nobody could. When I think about the relationships around me and how I spend time with people, how, how, I, how I reflect Jesus' love to the people around me, um, I think we can all say that we can get better at that, right? <laughs> I, I'm pretty harsh on myself in judgment in that <laughs> because I look at all that Jesus did and I go, man, like if, if I could just get an ounce of that, <laughs> that and, and, and reflect that to the people around me, then, then the people around me would, would undeniably see him, Right? That should show up in our marriages. That should show up in our relationships with our kids. That should show up with the relationships with the people around us. Uh, everything that we do, everything that we do should be a reflection of him. And everything that we do should be a, a result of the Holy Spirit's movement in us, right? We tend to order our days around what's right in front of us. We go... You know, I wake up, I'll use this, I mean, I've used this in the past, so you guys have probably heard it before, but I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do, do is go down, grab the coffee pot, and get, get coffee going, right? Like, I, I'm immediately, the very first thing that I'm doing in my day is ordering my day around my needs, my physical needs, right? Like, I'm tired, I don't want to get up, right? Like, I need energy for the day, coffee, Right? Um, so I started being intentional about reordering my days in that and going, okay, well, just from the start, if, if from the start, my day is centered around connecting with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to lead, lead me into where he's calling me, then what does my day look like? If what I say I value and, and what my life says I value are two different things, it's got to line up somewhere, right? Either I've got to change what I say I value or I've got to change my life. Allow him to change my life is the key, right? There's no amount of checklist things that I can do. There's no amount of, oh, if I read my Bible every morning for 30 minutes before I do anything else and, and pray for an hour, and there, there's no, and make sure I'm in the church doors every single time it's open. Like there's no amount of all those little check boxes that I can do that is going to change who I am if I don't allow him to change my heart. I can, I can have all that head knowledge, just like Paul. I can go, man, I, you know, I know this thing from cover to cover, and I can quote it to you. Like I can spit scripture at you, and it can come out of my mouth as poison if I'm not in line with the Holy Spirit, right? I can tear somebody up with scripture if it's coming from me from the flesh, we got to be intentional about allowing God to change our hearts, the deep parts of us, the parts where we, when, we, when we step into something, even when we're reading scripture, we go through and we pull something out and we go, you know, I have all my kids memorize 1 Corinthians 13. Like my son, Caleb, can quote the whole chapter to you. Um, I make all of them memorize 1 Corinthians 13 because it's love, right? Our world tells us love is one thing. <laughs> Our, our world says love is, is, you know, this emotional thing and there's got to be this connection and, and that when that goes away, maybe it's time to move on, right? Like that, that, that's what our world tells us. But what the word tells us 
In 1 Corinthians 13 is that love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not boastful. Like that's what love is. So what does that look like in our relationships? When I, when I love my wife, am I showing her that? Am I showing her patience or kindness? Am, am I putting myself aside and going, how is she going to receive love in this? Or am I going, well, this is how I love. <laughs> Here it is, right? Like that just all of it hinges on us dying to ourselves from start to finish. Like all of love, whether it be love to God or love to the people around us, all of it hinges on us dying to ourselves because our self is always going to put us first. It says in, in the word, in the last days, men will be lovers of self, right? That's evident in our culture. Like, like it's everywhere you go. We love ourselves, no problem, right? No problem. First thing I do is go get my coffee in the morning, right? No problem with that. That comes naturally. What doesn't come naturally is putting myself aside and going, Lord, how can I love you in this moment? God, I woke up this morning and I have breath in my lungs. I'm not... Like, I woke up this morning, and, and it rained last night, and I got really bad allergies, right? So, so I was going, whoo, yes, that's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. God, God thinks of us ahead of time all the time. We wake up to a new day that he's gone ahead of us in every single time we wake up. Every time we wake up, every moment we walk into, God has gone ahead of us, and he's been there, and he means well for us most of the time the problem is we're not willing to hear it we're not willing to see what he's doing around us because we're walking around like this all the time we're, we're walking around with a mirror in front of our face all the time, time admiring ourselves right bobby talked about facebook this morning all that is is a personal shrine all that is is a place where we can go, oh, look at me and my beautiful wife and kids. Look how pretty they are. Look, look at this awesome thing we did yesterday as a family, right? Look at this meal that I cooked. I don't care what your food looks like. <laughs> uh, we're constantly building ourselves up. The, the world tells us to do that and, and reinforces it every chance they get. We've got to learn to die to ourselves period, front, front to back, walk through your day, order your days around what God has for you. Wake up in the morning and go, Lord, what do you have for me today? What? I woke up this morning and I got breath in my lungs. There's a reason for that. What is that reason? God, show me what you want. In this, in this relationship with this person today, God, what do you, that's how we should be praying, right? God, God, in this relationship with this person today, how do you want your love reflected off to the, that person? Like, what do you want that to look like? It's going to mean self-sacrifice. It's going to mean taking myself and, and putting myself aside and looking at how I can love this person with 1 Corinthians 13 love. It's going to make me go, how, am I being patient here? Like, like I, got, I got a lot of ideas of how I think things should go a lot of times, right? Am I being patient and, and that God's timing is perfect. Am I being obedient and that I'm, that I'm going, God, what, what today? When God says step, am I going, got it, sprinting out ahead because I think I know better? That's what I tend to do. 
God said, when God says step, when we step out in obedience, we should, we should be walking close enough with him. Like, like Bobby shared about some uh, a message on discipleship he had heard, where he says, you know, disciples walk so close to their disciplee that the dust of their sandals is on their feet. Like, when I leave the presence of God, I should never leave the presence of God, right? The Holy Spirit lives in me. <laughs> but but when, when, I, when I intention myself to meet with the Holy Spirit in the morning, the very next thing I do should be carrying the Holy Spirit with me. So whatever that next thing is, it shouldn't be, here, here's some time for you, God. Like, you've got this here, and then now I'm done with that, I'm going to do this. It should be, God, I got I to gotta keep you here so that I can go here, so that you can lead me where I'm going, right? That's so hard to do, so easy to say, right? Like, to keep yourself completely centered out with the Holy Spirit and, and in the midst of His will for your life takes a lot of effort and a lot of self-sacrifice because God always pulls us out of our comfort zone. Always. God always puts us in a position where we can bring glory and honor to him if we're listening. The problem is most of the time we're not listening. Most of the time we're looking to bring glory and honor to ourselves. So we're on the backside of Easter. Jesus told us before he went to the cross that, that he was going to give us a counselor. He was going to give us a perikletas, right? One to go alongside. You read, you read in, in the Psalms where he says it's like, a, it's like a, a voice behind you telling you which way to go. Jesus told us before the cross that he was going to give us that. And then you look at the, the reaction of the disciples as, as, as Easter happened, right? Like as the, as the cross happened and the in-between before Jesus came and appeared to him, and even as he appeared to him, some doubted, right? They didn't get what Jesus was saying until they got it. They, they, did, they didn't get the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer until the Holy Spirit came down on them and filled them up, and they went out and saw the result of it. We've got to be willing to walk that closely with him, and we've got to be willing to be obedient, because when God told them to go and sit in the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit, guess what they did? They went and sat up in the upper room and waited for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came down on them. They were obedient even without the Holy Spirit in them at that point. We've got to be obedient, knowing that we have the Holy Spirit at our disposal all the time, right? The Holy Spirit's in us, and, and is a, it's God in us. I think of what Jesus prayed in the garden, right? Or not in the garden, but when he was praying for future disciples, he said, God, as you are in me and I am in you, may they be in me and I in them, right? Like, he was, he was declaring the Holy Spirit in that moment. He, he was saying, hey, this is getting ready to come. Let it be, right? 
the power of the power of God the Father in God the Son when he spoke that there's power in the spoken word right there's power in the Holy Spirit when the power, when the Holy Spirit comes down on you and says hey I want you to go and do this thing right and we go yes and amen I'm going to do that and and we purpose ourselves around what the Holy Spirit does that's when we see answered prayer when we purpose ourselves around our own desires and our own our own fleshly stuff then we wonder why our prayers fall flat. We've, we've got to be intentional about connecting with the Holy Spirit. We've got to be intentional about dying to ourselves and allowing Him to live in and through us. My challenge to you guys this week is to look at that last verse. So we talked about in Colossians 1.24, I mean 127. It says, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is Christ in you being reflected out as the hope of glory? Like, are we actually being the hope of glory? Everything we do and say should, should come out as, as to bring glory and honor to the Father. I'm going to pray and we're going to close out. So uh, the band's going to come up. Um, if, if you want prayer over anything, you're welcome to come forward and pray with us. Uh, I'll be up here. Kyle's up here. Um, God, I just want to thank you so much for today. God, thank you for, for giving us your Holy Spirit, for, for coming and, and dwelling in us, God, for, for sending us Jesus to, to come and, and show us what that looks like. God, I just pray that you help us as a body, Lord, to grow closer to you, that, that every moment, every every experience that you give us in this life, that we would have eyes to see what you're doing around us, Lord, and we'd have our ears open to hear from you. God, help us to put ourselves aside. Help us to, to deny ourselves, take up our cross and walk with you daily, Lord. And help us to, to, when we celebrate you, when we celebrate what you did on the cross and the resurrection, to never forget the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and how massive of a gift that is for us, Lord. God, as we go out and, and we, we interact with, with the people around us, with, with, our, with our wives and husbands, with, with, our, with our children, with the, the relationships that we have in this life, God, let it be a reflection of you. God, help us to be loving and honoring to you in everything that we do. We love you, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Yeah.